Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. God bless. Hallelujah. This uh, last announcement uh, definitely ties in with uh, what the Lord has put on my heart already uh, a number of weeks back. And uh, I knew that uh, we would be speaking about rejoicing. And part of the aspect of uh, rejoicing to, uh, is the aspect of giving thanks, to give thanks. And uh, today I'm, I'm entitling this message, Give Thanks, and with a, a, a part to it uh, that I want to focus in on today, Will I Yet Rejoice? Will I Rejoice? And uh, I just recognize that oftentimes when we're going through uh, difficult times, it is very hard to give thanks. It's our, our entire soul is impacted by the things that we may be going through, the things that we may uh, be experiencing. And so we're impacted to a point emotionally and of the soul that it's very difficult to give thanks. And in Philippians Chapter 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness, your moderation be known to all men. And that word gentleness, moderation, has to do with the thing of being even keeled. To be stable in difficult times, in hard times, no matter what we're going through. Let your gentleness, let your moderation be known to all men. It says, Be anxious for nothing. And oftentimes, that's exactly the, emotiv the motivation or the, 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 the thing that we have is anxiety. And so it, it, it is impacting us. And the Lord is instructing us, do not be anxious. We say, well, Lord, how, how can we not be anxious? Lord, don't you see what we're going through? Don't you see what I'm going through? And I'll tell you right now, some of those things are the most extreme. Most extreme. And I, whether it's with finances, whether it's with health, whatever it may be, whether it's relationship, whatever it may be. And we're saying, Lord, I'm anxious because I don't know how it's going to turn out. How can I give thanks? How am I going to be able to rejoice? You hear news, you receive news, and it's not good. First few minutes before we were ready to leave on our holidays, Julie fell, broke her hand, and uh, we got in to the, uh, the hospital. That's how we started our, our vacation, was in the hospital. And the x-rays were, were given or taken, and uh, the doctor came and said, I just want you to know, uh, yeah, this is, this is not a good break. It's not a clean break. It's not an easy break. Uh, from what I see, unless there's a, a miracle, she didn't say that, but she says, you're going to need to have surgery. 
So how can we rejoice? How do we rejoice in, in these, these situations? It's difficult. And in Philippians 4, it says, because the Lord doesn't say, hey, I, I don't acknowledge what you're going through. He knows what we're going through. And he says, let your prayers, bring your prayers and your supplications to me with thanksgiving. I want you to bring your prayers, your requests, your supplications. You might say, what's a supplication? We're, we're talking, okay, this is not just a little problem. This is a big problem. Bring your supplications to me with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Because the Lord is saying, I do know what you're going through, and I will be there for you, and I want to see you through whether to, to do a work of miracles or to do a work of endurance to get you through it. I want to do this. And it says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind in and through Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus is what it says. I want to keep your heart and your mind where all the agitation is, where the motions, the soul is struggling in the difficulty. The soul is, is, is agitated. And the Lord is saying, I want to take care of your heart and I want to take care of your mind. How many of us, we go through things and there's such... Our, our, our mind, our thoughts, we cannot get off sometimes these, these circumstances that we're going through. That's all we're, we're focused in on. And it's robbing from us peace. That we would bring those needs, those requests with thanksgiving. Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm thanking you in advance. I am thanking you in advance that you will see me through no matter what, because we are children of God. Lord, I'm going to thank you. Will I yet rejoice? I'm going to be going through one of the passages in the Old Testament I've been reading through as I've mentioned a number of times, chronologically. And uh, just so it's been jumping through the Old Testament chronologically. And so Ezekiel lived during the worst of times. He was a priest. He was a priest of the Lord. He was also a prophet. What is a prophet? A prophet is one that hears from the Lord. And the things that he hears from the Lord that are to be spoken to others, then he speaks it. And so he lived in the darkest years of Judah's history in the worst of time because they were in captivity. And it wasn't just for a few days or a few weeks or months. We are talking 70 years and they knew, even as the prophets would foretell, it's going to be 70 years of captivity. 
That's a long time. That's a lifetime. That's ge several generations. <clears throat> Depending on how old they were, there would probably be three or four generations going into captivity, dying in a different land, being children being born in captivity in a different land. And the, the Lord, as we read through Ezekiel, is giving a word to these exiles, and he's using prophecies, parables, signs, symbols, visions to dramatize God's message to this exiled captive people. And they were there because they were stubborn, they were stiff-necked, they were proud, they were wicked, they were evil, children of God, children of God. Now, I just, I want to read a passage from Ezekiel chapter 1. I thank God that God visits us. And it says in verse 1, Ezekiel 1 verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Shabar, that the heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, which was in the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's, Jehoiakim's captivity, and the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzai, in the land of the Chaldeans, in the river, by the river Shabar, at the, in, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. And I thank God that the God still speaks, and a vision is being given as he comes into the presence of God. Now, I want, I want you to know that God is there to see us through the hardest of times. And a lot of times we're not looking for him. We're not still. We're agitated. We're, we're, we're suffering mentally and emotionally. Our heart is, is either hurting or, or experiencing fear, depression, oppression. And here he comes into the presence of God. That we would be still and allow the Lord to speak into our lives. That we would get to a place. And today I'm talking about how can I get to a place of rejoicing. In this situation knowing I am not getting, I will not. Can you imagine Ezekiel probably would have died before they got out of captivity. Knowing I'm never going back home. And here he is. The Lord coming to him. The Lord of the hand was, or the hand of the Lord was upon him there by that river. And what he sees, I truly believe that one day we will see these creatures. 
I looked, and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing itself. And brightness was all around it and radiating out of its midst like the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. Also from within it came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces and each one had four wings. Their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings on their four sides and each of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they went, but each one went straight forward because there was four. So there was always a facing forward by one of the, the faces. As for the likeness of their faces, each had a face of a man. Each had, a, had the four of the four had a face of a lion on the right side. Each of the four had the face of an ox on the left. And each of, of the four had the face of an eagle. Thus were their faces, their wings stretched upward, two wings of each one touched one another, and two covered their bodies, and each one went straight forward. They went wherever the Spirit wanted to go, and they did not turn when they, they went. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire, like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright, and out of the fire went lightning. And the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of lightning. Now as I looked at the living creatures, behold, a wheel was on the earth beside each living creature with its four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of beryl, and all four had the same likeness. The appearance of their workings was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they moved, they went toward any one of four directions. They did not turn aside when they went. As for their rims, they were so high, they were awesome. And their rims were full of eyes all around the four of them. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Wherever the Spirit wanted to go, they went because the Spirit... Because there the Spirit went, and the wheels were lifted together with them, for the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When those went, these went. When those stood, these stood. And when those were lifted up from the earth, the winds or the wheels were lifted up toward, uh, together with them, for the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. The likeness of the firmament above the heads of the living creatures was like the color of an awesome crystal stretched out over their heads. And under the firmament, their wings spread out straight one toward another. Each one had two which covered one side, and each one had two which covered the other side of the body. When they went, I heard the noise of their wings, like the noise of many waters, like the voice of the Almighty, a tumult like the noise of an army. And when they stood still, they let down their wings. A voice came from above the firmament that was over their heads. Whenever they stood, they let down their wings. And above the firmament, over their heads, was the likeness of a throne, in appearance like a sapphire stone. On the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. 
Also from the appearance of his waist and upward, I saw, as it were, the color of amber with the appearance of fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his waist and downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with brightness all around. Like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So when I saw it, I fell on my face. And I heard a voice of one speaking. God Almighty. There was a speaking to Ezekiel. The man in a dire situation. Knowing he is in captivity and God is coming to him to speak to him. And he said to me, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. I'll tell you, one of the things that happens to us often is we are overwhelmed and there is no way that we can give thanks and we, we don't have it figured out. All we want to do is I just want to, I give up. I'm given up, and I, there's, I'm done, and there's this thing oftentimes of I'm just lying down. I'm oppressed. I'm depressed. I'm not even going to get out of bed. I'm overwhelmed. And the Lord would say, son of man, daughter of man, stand on your feet, and I want to speak to you. Get up. Get up. Get out of this depression. Get out of this situation, this mental state that you're in. Get up. Come to life. Then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, entered me when He spoke to me and set me on my feet. And I heard Him who spoke to me. That the Spirit of God would raise us up. Lord God, I need you. Lord, I can't give thanks because I'm just not in the right frame of mind. The Lord God knows your situation and He's saying, get up. And Lord, I can't even get up. That the Spirit of God would raise you up. That you would allow the Spirit of God to come and raise you up. Hallelujah. That we would get to a place that we could say, Lord God, you are almighty. That I would give you praise. I give you praise. I thank you for your goodness to me. For the life that you have given me. Even in the difficult times, thank you, Lord. I belong to you. I have life in and through you. And he said to me, son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. For they are impudent and stubborn children. I'm sending you to them and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. As for them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. I want you to know at this time, as the Lord would come and speak, 
And, and there's oftentimes that he speaks through a prophet or he speaks to, through someone else a word that you would know the word of the Lord and that you would not say, you know what, I'm going to dismiss this, but that I would accept the word of the Lord to me. As for them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, there's a choice given. We have choice. And the things that the Lord would speak into our life. We're talking about there being a shift within our spirit, within our soul, that it was, would even be impacting our body negatively. But that there would be a shift and who we are as the Lord would speak into our life and that there would be, as life would come by His Spirit, that there would be a receiving of this to have life within you. I thank God for the Word of God and for the, the things that we can learn as we look at what others, the way others were. That we would learn from others. We would learn from history. We would learn from those that have gone before us. That we would turn from the things of self. We would turn from the things of, of, of perhaps a stubbornness, a stiff-neckedness, a rebelliousness, a wickedness, or pride, or whatever. That we would turn from those things. We would learn, Lord, let me not be like that. Let me not be, have a hard heart. Let me not have a heart of stone. Lord, let there be a change in me if that's where I'm at. Lord, let me recognize it. Lord, let there be a change within me even as you come into the presence of God or the presence of God comes to you. I'll say this. Oftentimes, yeah, we may not come into the presence of God, but the Lord comes to you directly and speaks into your life. You not reject it. I thank God that we can come into the presence of God and we come in through Jesus Christ and His blood. It says in Hebrews 10, 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. We come in by the blood of Jesus into the holy of holies by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh. The veil that separated Man from coming into the Holy of Holies. Only one man can come once a year in the Old Testament. Even in the days of Jesus. Only the high priest once a year on the Day of Atonement. One man, one time a year. And when Jesus died on the cross, it says that the, the ground shook and the veil was torn in two. They say that veil was woven two to three inches thick. There is no way that anybody could rip that apart. It was the hand of God that ripped it apart, even as Jesus' flesh was broken for us on that cross. And that veil represented His body broken for us. And we come in, as the priest comes in by the blood, we can come into the presence of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And having a high priest over the house of God, 
Let us draw near. The heart of God is saying, come to me. Draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, that there would be a cleansing that would take place in us even as we come into his presence. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, let there not be anything within me that would, be, would, would defile you. And if there is anything, Lord, wash me and cleanse me. Hallelujah. So we draw near, the Lord would have us draw near, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. One of the hardest things is pride that would say, I don't want to go into the presence of God because I'm not in right standing with him. I've come to the Lord for this and that, or I've messed up again. How can I come into his presence? And the enemy would say, yeah, you're not worthy to come into the presence of God. As we humble ourselves before him, humility is an aspect that is, is opposed and opposite of pride. Lord, let not pride keep me from, from relationship with you, from coming into your presence. And so we come in, our bodies, our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. The hope that we have in Jesus Christ, he is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. The day of the Lord is approaching. I find it interesting. So often I, I, I as a pastor, chasing people. I haven't seen them for a while. There's, it's interesting. Sometimes there's this thing of pride. Sometimes there's this thing of not, I've got, I've got too many other things going on. Sometimes it's a thing of, of hanging on to sin. Whatever it may be, there's reason or their excuse. I don't want to be in the house of the Lord. And this is a thing where the Lord is saying, I want you to come into my presence. Sometimes even when we come, there's a conviction within us that we would heed the conviction. Condemnation, yeah, the enemy would say, you're no good for nothing. What are you, what are you doing in church? What are you doing in, with other believers? What are you doing trying to come into the, the presence of God? And there's a condemnation. You can ignore that. But the conviction of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit says, hey, this thing in your life, deal with it. It's very pointed. It's not vague. It's pointed. You know what it is. There is something in your life that needs to be removed, that needs to be dealt with. And it's the Lord is saying, you need to deal with this. You cannot hang on to this. You need to let this go. You would heed the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And even if you're in the house of the Lord, even if you're sitting here now and you're, you're feeling a conviction as the Holy Spirit is bringing into your mind and into your thinking, He's speaking to you and He's pointing things out, deal with it. 
If it's a thing of confession, confess it. If it's a thing of repentance, of turning, turn from it. If it's a thing of letting go, let go of it. It's good. Even in the confession, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we come into the presence and it is, we are able to worship the Lord. We are clean before him to worship in the beauty of holiness. The stains are washed away. The wrinkles are straightened out as we come before the Lord in this place, in His presence, humbly. I see that people are influenced, whether it's temptation, whether it's the things of the flesh, the things of this world, even influenced by the enemy. You might say, can Christians be influenced by the enemy? You better believe it. I'm seeing this again and again. It's coming right in my face where I see people influenced by demons. Christians influenced by demons. And there's no joy. There is no way that you can rejoice it is difficult to be in the house of the Lord, to come into the presence of God. Lord, that your name would be glorified. Jesus, your name is above all names. You have the power to save. You have the power to deliver. You have the power to set free. You have the power to change my life. You have the power that I can give you praise, that I can begin to thank you because you are the one that is able to set me free. Lord, set me free. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what the issue with the, with the captives were. And we're talking about warning after warning after warning for generations. For hundreds of years before they went into captivity, they were warned. And Ezekiel 36, verse 16. And I want to, I want to make this first point. Is repent. Especially... As a child of God, I'm not talking about an unbeliever now. I am talking about children of God that need to repent from profaning the name of Jesus. To defile and desecrate the name of Jesus because His name is, is on us as Christians, of followers of Christ. His name is upon us. And when I go out and I continue to sin and I say I am a Christian... I defile the name of Jesus. I profane his name. Ezekiel 36, verse 16 says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, before they were in captivity, they defiled it by their own ways and deeds. They defiled the land. To me, their way was like the uncleanness of a woman in her customary impurity. 
Therefore I poured out my fury on them for the blood they had shed on the land, for their idols with which they had defiled it. You might say, how did they shed blood? We are talking their own children were sacrificed to the idols, and there was blood shed. And this was the chil- these were the children of God, and they were profaning his name, desecrating his name. So I scattered them among the nations, and they were dispersed throughout the countries. I judged them according to their ways and their deeds. When they came to the nations, wherever they went, they profaned my holy name. When they said of them, the people from the other nations are saying, these are the people of the Lord, and yet they have gone out of his land. These are the people of the Lord. They've gone out. They've been taken out of the land. They've been taken into captivity, and they continue. There's a continuation of the profaning of the name of the Lord. But I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the nations wherever they went. Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. Do we profane the name of the Lord and who we are? I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, or I have let others know I'm a Christian. And wherever we go, whether it's at, at home, whether it's at work, whether it, wherever it may be, is my life, are my actions, is my speech, my motivations and intentions, my attitudes, are they profaning the name of the Lord? Am I desecrating His name? And the Lord is saying, listen to what the Lord desires to do. And I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst, and the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am hollowed in you before their eyes. The Lord is saying, you are in captivity. You are in a a position because the profaning of my name. But I want for there to be a change in you. That in you, through you, that my name would be hollowed. I thank God for the fact that he is merciful and he is gracious, extending to those that would profane his name, to me who would profane his name, The Lord gives grace and mercy the opportunity to come around that his name would be hollowed. Lord, that your name would be hollowed in me and through me. Lord, that I would not profane your name. Lord, I surrender to you. Have your way in my life. That my actions and my speech and my attitudes and the things that are hidden from man... Lord, it would not profane your name that these things would be dealt with and taken care of and that there would be a cleansing and a washing and a repentance that would take place. Because the heart of God is that, such as this, that we would hollow his name. 
Revere his name. Glorify his name. Exalt his name because his name is above every name. And his name should be exalted above every name in who we are. Lord, let me turn. Repent. Lord, that you would make my heart clean. Cleanse me, O oh Lord. In this world that is so dark, and the wickedness and the evil. I heard one pastor that stood up against the things of government is possibly getting 10 years in prison in Canada, in Canada. Judgment is coming to this world. But judgment begins in the house of the Lord. It says in 1 Peter 4, verse 12, it says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. You're going through trials. There's a shaking in your life. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Even in the suffering. Lord, that I can rejoice in the suffering. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Even if you are reproached for the name of Jesus Christ. The spirit of glory and of God will rest upon you. On their part, on the world's part, he is blasphemed. But on your part, he is glorified. That that would be the case. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. I don't think you can get much more extreme than murder. Goes from one extreme to the other or as a busybody in other people's matters. Let none of you suffer because you're doing the wrong things. You're suffering because you're doing the wrong things. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Lord, that your name would be glorified, Jesus. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? If judgment begins in the house of the Lord, where will the godless be? Where will the unrighteous be? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? There's no way they can stand. Lord, that I would come to you. If I'm doing anything wrong, Lord, let there be a repentance. Let there be a repentance. Let there be a humbling of self before the Lord. Lord, I humble myself before you. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. The thing about judgment before the Lord is as we humble ourselves, the Lord is able to make that change in us of cleansing and making us right before him. He is able to do that work. 
and the thing of judgment, I'll tell you, judgment is a good thing. There's a, re there's a revealing of the things that maybe we're still hanging on to that we shouldn't be. And it's, it's coming to us, and there is a, an evaluation, and it ties in with the, whole, the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit when, it, when that conviction comes saying, you need to change this. I'm giving you opportunity before judgment comes. This evaluation, this judgment, is giving us opportunity to get right. And I just thank the Lord. Let me just say this. When it, set, when it talks about the kingdom of God and entering the kingdom of God, when Jesus began his ministry, he said the kingdom of God is at hand. In fact, he was speaking, I am this kingdom of God. I am the entrance into the kingdom of God. And there's two things that you need to do is repent and believe in the gospel. To repent and believe in the gospel. May I say this, that when we repent, as we turn away from the things of sin or whatever it may be in our life that is not right before the Lord, Lord, I'm repenting. Believe in the good news of Jesus Christ. Do not repent on its own, but keep your faith, have your faith in Jesus Christ. A lot of times we say, oh, I, got, I, I stopped this. I'm not doing this any, any, anymore. Praise God. I'm not whatever it may be. And we, we, we pat ourselves on the back and we say, you know what? I'm fairly righteous. I'm a righteous person now. Combine your repentance with your faith in the gospel, which is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because I'll tell you right now, if, if you only repent and your faith is in yourself, we know what happened to Job. Job was at a place where he's saying, by the evaluation of, of God, he's the most righteous person on the planet. Job was the most righteous person on the planet, and yet when he came before God in the very last chapter, he says, I heard with my ears, I heard about you, Lord, but now I am standing before you. I see you with my eyes, and I recognize your righteousness and your holiness and I look at myself being the most righteous person on this planet, and I abhor myself. Abhor means hate. I hate who I am as the most righteous person on the planet. That you would combine your repentance with a grabbing a hold of the righteousness that is able to cover and take care of all our sins which is the righteousness of Jesus imputed upon us only by our faith in who he is and what he did for us on the cross. And there is change that takes place. There is a change that will take place. And the judgment, there's a, there's a, 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 a cleansing and a washing, and the Father looks at us with the righteousness of Jesus. We're clothed in the righteousness, with garments of righteousness, His righteousness. And the Father looks and He says, Your righteousness, Jesus, 
your righteousness is all over them. Father says to the son, your righteousness, you took care of it. My beloved son, look at what you accomplished as you went to the cross. As your body was broken and your blood shed, they can come into my presence and they can come in in the holiness of Jesus Christ and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. His name would be glorified. Jesus, that your name would be glorified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're living in the last days. We know there are root wars and rumors of wars. It says, see that you're not troubled. I find this, Lord, are you serious? We don't have to be troubled. We can, we can get to a place of actually rejoicing. Can we rejoice in a situation that is so extreme? You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in, the, in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. That we, are be, we would be able, in the worst of times, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, and that we would hang on to the good news of who Jesus is in our life. Lord, thank you. You will see me through to the very end. And not even death can separate us from your love. Not even death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He who endures to the end, Lord, I'm going to hang on, shall be saved. Oftentimes, we get to such a place where we say, you know what? I don't know if I can serve God anymore. I don't know if it's worth it. You would hang on and endure to the end. Lord, I'm hanging on to you as best I can. You, I know you're going to hang on to me. I'm just, I just have to reach out to you. And you are there. Lord, you will see me through even the worst of times as Ezekiel was experiencing. There is a, much to be done. And I thank God. Not only is Jesus Christ our commander-in-chief in this battle that we face in our lives. But he's also the Lord of the harvest. Not only do we b follow him into battle, but we are part of taking in that great harvest of souls and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church and will not be able to hold back the souls that still need to come to Christ. There's such an urgency as time runs out. And the Lord is saying, I want to work through you. That my name would be exalted and lifted up. And that the work that the Lord wants to do, not just on us, but, but through us. To see souls saved, that it would be done. So let us confess, let us repent, let us let go of the weights of the life 
that we cling to. We hang on to these burdens and these things. And the, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm casting off all these weights of life. Some of the things that we, that we were seeking or chasing after, it's like, how, how valuable is it if it comes to, like, would I hang on to this if I was facing death? Is this really that important? I remember there was a time in our, our lives had set to, to have 14 months off as a teacher. And uh, so I had been offsetting for four years. I was offsetting 20% of my income each year. So I had taken a cut and pay for four years so I could have four, these 14 months from June 2002 to September 2003. And so we were, gonna, we were looking at house plans because we were going to build a house on that, in those 14 months. Get property, looking at, pro looking at properties, where could we possibly be? And, and then we hear Julie has cancer. You know what? How important is a house? It was like that. The importance of 14 months off to build a house was, was nothing. How, the things that we go and chase after that we think are so valuable. And I thank God, even in that time, was within a few months of finding out that the Lord called me into ministry. What a shift, what a change that took place what he wanted to do in my life, in our lives, Julie and I, through us, there's a work to be done. Let not the things that would easily weigh us down. Let's let go of the weights of life that we cling to. And let us go, let go of the sins that so easily beset us. The Lord is merciful. He is good. He is able to change us. He's able to cleanse us. He's able to wash us as we humble ourselves before him. Hallelujah. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, who is, who is, who was and is to come. He does not change. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne, the Holy Spirit in perfection, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, he rules above all. He is sovereign. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen, it will be. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And for the one who is and was and who is to come, and for all that was and is and is still to come, that he would receive the glory. Hallelujah. In Ezekiel 36, verse 24, it says, For I will take you 
from among the nations and gather you out of all countries and bring you into your own land. They came back after the 70 years of captivity and now even more so after almost 2,000 years of not being a nation, they came back on May 14th, 1948 from every nation that, that they were scattered to and they came back and Israel became a nation just over 70 years ago. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean and I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. This work still needs to be done. But he's saying to us, as we humble ourselves before the Lord, as we come to him, he is able to cleanse us from all filthiness and from all our Id idols. And he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. So even as there's a repentance and there's a cleansing, the Lord's saying, I'm going to put a new heart in you. I'm going to put a new spirit within you. And I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a I'll give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we just come to you at this time. Lord, if there's anything of stone within us, Lord, that it would be removed and that you would give us a heart of flesh. Lord, I pray that you will change us, that you will... You will transform us, Lord. And Lord, that your spirit will come within us. And Lord, that we would walk in your ways. That we would glorify you. That your name would be hallowed. In Jesus' name, let it be. Let there be a reviving, a coming to life. Lord, you have already spoken to us to revive, to come to life. And Lord, I pray that we will do that. Lord, that we will not be laid up. That we would not be... Uh, asleep and, and in slumber, but Lord, that we will do the things that you would have us do as we, you would cause us to stand up and come to life. Lord, let it be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. This passage still has to take place for the Jews. And it will take place. For us already, we have opportunity to have the Spirit of God in us to come to life. And I see a stirring in you. I see a stirring taking place even in this place, in this church. The Spirit of God is, is coming upon us. And there's a waking up. There's a lifting up. A standing up. And I see it happening in lives. Just a few weeks ago, as we were at Safari Niagara and there was a praise and a worship that went up to the Lord. The entire day was one of worship and witness of Jesus Christ. In fact, in front of the very, before the very first group was finished, Carly, 17 years of age, had come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Even while Jesus was being lifted up in worship and praise. What I saw on that day, I saw each part doing what it was supposed to within the body of Christ. There was a structuring. A few months ago, we had 25 to 30 children give their life to the Lord, come 
and, and make a profession of Jesus Christ in their life at VBS. There were so many of you that were involved in that VBS. Each part doing what it was supposed to. Whatever your part was, and you were involved. You were involved. And there were these children that responded to the gospel. Hallelujah. A few months back, in May 26th, 150 men from all over Niagara, the Niagara region came together. And of those 150, there was 20 to 25. We couldn't keep up. They gave their life to Jesus on that night. And there was something that I had looked forward to in a very long time. And that was giving people an opportunity to know about the Holy Spirit and the one that baptizes in the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. And there was 25 to 30 men that came at that man up, came forward to say, I want the baptism in the Holy Spirit. God is saying, I want, I want to pour out my spirit on the house of Israel. The Lord is saying, I want to pour out my spirit on you. I want you to come to life. I want you to be revived. Stephanie, I look forward to hear what the Lord has put on your heart. You were gone for a month. You were saying, I'm, I'm going to wait on the Lord. The women walking worthy. I want to say to those women that come together once a month and they pray and they're praying. I say, thank you, Lord, for those of every generation my generation, the, old, the generation that went before, the generation after, and they are coming together. And they are praying and interceding, Lord God, do a work. Not just the men, but the women, God wants to do a work. I want to thank God for the, the, the reviving that is taking place. I'll tell you, a need comes in, and I am able to take that need Within a minute to two minutes, there's 70 people, 70 plus people, probably closer to 75 people that are activated to pray. There was an increase from about 20 to 25 prayer warriors and intercessors that I could count on to pray, now up to 75 people. You know what? I was blown away on the Thursday night just before Worship in the Wild, we had a Worship in the Wild celebration here at this church. I don't know how many were out, 110, 120, 130, I don't know how many, but there was prayer that went up all across the sanctuary and up in the balcony. And the thing that, that blessed my heart as a pastor, I said, I said to my wife, I said, how many were there on that night? And so we started just in our mind, we were driving up to Manitoulin Island for our holiday. And I was just blown away by the praise and the worship. I was blown away about, by the, all the groups praying and interceding. And so we're going through. And Julie says, I don't know, maybe 50 of our church was here. 
I said, well, what about this? Did you remember these people? Oh, no, I forgot. Yeah, they were there too. What about this, this couple? Yeah, they were there too. What about this family, Natasha? I think you, you brought the kids that night. Oh, yeah, I forgot. She was here too. 75 people were from our church interceding for our entire region. I'll tell you right now, if it makes my heart glad, I say thank you, Lord, for those that are saying, I want to be used by you to revive, to come to life, and not just to pray for revival for me, but to pray for revival for somebody else. Not just a thing of repentance, but to revive and come to life because the Lord is calling us to come to life. We're talking about rejoicing. I want you to begin to rejoice. We are kings and priests, men and women to serve God and to lift Him up and to exalt Him and that we would rejoice. It says in Luke 10, it says, the 70 returned with joy. Is the title, the subtitle. And it says, and when they re returned, they returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I want you to know, we have authority in Jesus' name. His name is above all names. And we can go out and they return with joy. And Jesus says, you know what? Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. If you have nothing else to rejoice as a child of God, Lord, I thank you that my name is written in the book of life. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm going to spend eternity with you. There will be no more tears. There will be no more sorrows. There will be no more pain. There will be an eternity with you. I just say, thank you, Lord. I look forward. I look forward to what is being done right now or what is still to come before the Lord returns because we have not seen anything yet. What Lord, the Lord still has for us to do. Can we stand together? Hallelujah. Lord, we rejoice. We rejoice. Behold, he is coming with clouds. And every eye will see him and even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And Lord, we just come to you. We will be ready for your coming. Repentance, turning away from the things that profane your name. Lord, that your name would be hollowed through us. Because your heart is, I want my name. I want to use you. Even as, even having profaned your name, Lord, you say, I want to use you to hollow my name, to exalt your name. Lord, that we will exalt your name and who we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, I pray that there would be the pouring out of your spirit into us, Lord, that as you would say, stand up, come to life. And Lord, let it be that we will stand up we come to life, that your spirit would be poured out within our lives. Lord, pour out your spirit. Let there be 
a filling and an overflowing and a river, rivers of living water flowing from us, the Spirit of God flowing from us, Lord, and, and as even as the gospel is proclaimed, that there will be life that would come to those that would hear the gospel as that seed is germinated by the, the rivers of life of the Holy Spirit upon them and in them. Lord, that we will see such a harvest because you do things well. And we say yes. We say yes to you, Lord, to be used in the harvest, to bring in the harvest. Our own children, our spouses, Lord, our, our parents, Lord, whoever it may be, our family members, Lord, our friends, those that are close to us, Lord, our acquaintances, our neighbors, Lord, that they will come to know you because of who you are in our lives. Lord, I pray that there will be the stranger that will come to know you, that we will have random meetings. Lord, even as I had random meetings, Lord, just in this last week, and I just say thank you, Lord, for those random meetings that we would have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace to be able to share the gospel. Lord, we were ready to share the good news of Jesus Christ with anybody, and Lord, that they will come to know you. Lord, if there be anybody here this morning, as they've heard this word, there's been a conviction, and Lord, there's, there's been a choice to say, I choose to repent, and I choose to believe in Jesus Christ, for my righteousness, Lord, I pray, let it be. Lord, if there's anybody here that they, they've come in and they know they're not where they should, they should be at, they, they would know that you are a gracious and merciful God. And as they would humble themselves and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. And Lord, as they would believe in the fact that you died for them on a cross 2,000 years, as you took our sins upon yourself 2,000 years ago, you paid the price of being separated from God for eternity, if we would only believe in you. You overcame death and hell, and you rose, and you are seated on the right hand of the Father. All power and authority is yours. You have the power to change our lives as we would receive you into our life, to be born of God. Lord, I pray that there would be a receiving of you by those that, Lord, you're on the outside, knocking, wanting to come in, to their life, Lord, that they would let you in. Jesus, come into my life. Lord, let it be. Hallelujah. I want to close with a benediction over you all from Philippians 4. Lord, I pray that we will do your command to rejoice in the Lord always. Our names are written in the in the in the book of life. Our names are recorded in heaven. Lord, that even as you would say again, rejoice, Lord, that each day we will rejoice. Lord, let our stableness, our moderation, our gentleness be known to all men because the Lord is at hand. You are there for us. We do not have to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, we can, with thanksgiving, we can let our requests be made known to you, Lord God, because you desire, you are telling us to come to you with all those things that are weighing us down and to leave them with you. And we can begin to thank you. We can begin to praise you. We can re begin to rejoice in you even before the answers come. And Lord, I know 
that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard every heart and, and minds at this time. Lord, there will be a settling. Let there be a settling right now in Jesus' name for those that are agitated, Lord, that are anxious and oppressed as they have given over the things that are weighing on them and given them over to you with thanksgiving. And that peace will guard their hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And Lord, I pray, finally, I pray that we would think on those things, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, Lord, that we would meditate on these things, that we would not think of all the negative things, but we would think of your goodness and your love and that which is praiseworthy in Jesus' name. And Lord, that we would do the things that we've heard this morning, that we've learned this morning, we received this morning, we've heard, and Lord, that it would be seen in us. It would be seen in us, repentance, reviving, and rejoicing. Lord, that you would be glorified and that the peace of God would be with each and every one in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.